What's the meaning behind a cup of coffee? A caffeine boost? A mark of culinary refinery? A habit? An addiction? An excuse to use a quiet public space? A way to make a living? To learn the why and how of local coffee businesses, I interviewed owners and managers in Gainesville, Florida. My name's Nick Moskowitz. I'm the owner of Curia on the Drag in uh, Gainesville, Florida. And um, with me also is April Williams, the general manager of Curia on the Drag. So my name, um, like you said, is Jan Patterson. I am the owner of Patty Cakes, which is um, a coffee shop with two locations here in Gainesville. We opened nine years ago. My name is Grace Glennon. I'm one of the owners of Afternoon Restaurant. Uh, my name is Josh uh, Orton. I'm our service manager at Uppercrest. I'm Tim Larson. I own Opus Coffee. And um, yeah, I own Opus Coffee. So sure. We started it in 2002. So I've been owned it for about 18 years. My name is Teresa Zakovich. Like I said, like you said, um, I'm the owner of Vine. We're an organic sourdough bakery and we've been around for uh, nearly 10 years, nine and a half years. And I'm Daniel Fisher. I am the house manager at Concord Coffee in Gainesville. Well, thank you for having, uh, having me and inviting uh, me on behalf of Sweetwater Organic Coffee. I'm the CEO and I'm a co-owner uh, and I work with a great team of five other people uh, in Gainesville, Florida. And we roast only specialty grade, um, fair trade, uh, organic shade grown coffee. Wanting to understand the role coffee plays in our lives, I asked the people I interviewed to share their earliest memories of coffee. I think I started drinking it on vacation, maybe um, traveling in Europe or South America. Um, I think it was a lot more of a kind of passive pastime um, there. When I was a little kid, my grandfather used to drink it um, and I was fascinated because he would pour it in a saucer and then sip it out of a saucer and um, to like to cool it so he could drink, I don't know, anyway. Um, so I remember like tasting that and thinking it was disgusting. I grew up in a household where that was the first thing my dad did in the morning. He'd have a pot of coffee and then he'd have a pot of coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon. So that was very much built into our routine and schedule. My parents always just drank coffee in the mornings. I never really thought of it. I didn't really think about it. It's not like something that we did at all. Yeah, so I'm kind of funny because my earliest memory is my mom is a huge coffee drinker and she would always go to, actually, I'm a Gainesville native. So back in like the 90s, she would go to Leonardo's um, by the Slice, the pizza place, and they used to have a coffee program there and she would get cappuccinos. Probably my earliest memory would be uh, with my grandmother. Um, every morning, part of her morning routine uh, was like just like cheap Folgers or Maxwell coffee. Um, where I'm from is where they, my dad worked right next to the Maxwell factory, so I was familiar with that smell. Um, but just part of the normal routine, and they would just always drink it black. And uh, I always thought, how could you drink that every morning? Uh, so I'm actually uh, half Cuban. I know I look the part. I look like my very white 
father, so I actually grew up with Cuban coffee in the house, um, and I don't remember the earliest age I had it, but it was probably younger than it should have been, um, probably around five or six. It would have to be probably living in Paraguay, uh, where I went down to open a consulting firm's office and uh, and discovered the beauty of sitting in a little street side cafe and drinking a little double shot of coffee. And I just kind of like the whole culture around it. Our conversations then turned to focus on their businesses. In our discussions, many emphasized to me the role of community in their coffee businesses. Here's Nick Moskowitz, owner of Curia on the Drag. I think Curia was largely um, a result of the need at the time for more uh, public spaces, I think, for the Gainesville community, rather than Gainesville needs more um, access to coffee, I think. Um, so I think I, I was coming at it from the, the, the more social direction of what coffee houses are, or coffee shops are, rather than, um, I guess, the... Um, the, the, the coffee aficionado sort of um, direction. Teresa Zakovich, owner of Vine Sourdough Bakery, had similar intentions. I not only want to provide the best um, and the, the healthiest and simplest product available to the community, but I also wanted to create a community space for um, folks here in Gainesville. Jan Patterson, owner of Patty Cakes, emphasized a similar perspective. We just noticed that there wasn't really a place for people to sit and meet or study together or whatever, whatever. like there's restaurants, but, you know, they're loud and you're supposed to leave after a certain amount of time and all that stuff. So um, we just really felt like, like the village needed a, a coffee shop. But what happens to these community spaces when the fundamental ways in which we interact change? In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, I spoke with a few local coffee business owners and managers in Gainesville, Florida, to learn more about their businesses and how they've been affected. As CEO of Sweetwater Organic Coffee, Trip Pomeroy shared what he's heard from the businesses to which Sweetwater distributes. Um, in Gainesville, Jacksonville, um, Tampa, um, the, the, the places that could easily shift and pivot to carry out um, seem to have recovered and stabilized. Um, I wouldn't say it's growth, but it might be getting back in some cases to sales levels from a year ago, but we're all very precariously perched, uh, waiting to see what happens with the next four to six months, um, as most everybody is, right? Um, but there are some customers of Sweetwaters that have thrived, and there are others that have had to close. Uh, and there's a lot in the middle, just kind of, like I said, on the edge. Representatives from all of the local coffee businesses I spoke with discussed a dip in sales during initial outbreaks with an eventual, at least partial, recovery. Sales were declining so quickly that we, we couldn't cut payroll fast enough. We had 75 employees March 10th, and then by March 30th, we were down to like 28 employees. We're having a lot of the same problems that everyone else is having with just the jobs more demanding. 
staff is reduced, business is depressed a little bit. Like it, I, I imagine you've probably heard the same story everywhere. So it's always been busy, but we did take a little bit of hit uh, when the pandemic um, first started. We went we went to about fifty percent uh, than what we normally did. When the pandemic hit, I lost a couple of employees who weren't comfortable coming in anymore. And so initially we shut down to, we went from six days a week to four days a week. I think in the, because we lost two days a week in the first couple of months, we did went down to about 70% of uh, normal business. Um, and so that lasted maybe throughout the summer. Without my asking, half of the owners and managers I spoke with mentioned the importance of the support provided by the Payment Protection Program, where federal loans were allocated to small businesses to keep them running through the pandemic. I think most small businesses got that PPP loan, and we got that PPP loan, and that really helped us out in those like eight weeks where there was just great uncertainty. Had we not gotten the... uh, the, the PPE, we would not have been able to make payroll. We did apply for the PPP loans and the SBA loans, and we were able to get both of those. So that was really, really helpful, and it prevented us from laying off a lot of people. We were able to keep most of our staff on. We had to, we had to adjust our finances. We had to learn very quickly how the PPP program works, how the medical leave works if it's COVID-related. And I feel like we, everybody just dropped everything and did a great job um, tackling a very steep learning curve. To maintain employee and customer safety, coffee businesses have had to adapt to the nature of the pandemic, changing the layout of the social spaces they've created. Here's Jan Patterson again, discussing how Patty Cake's coffee community has changed. When um, the coronavirus hit and the shelter at home order was given, we closed the, the seating area completely and we're just letting one customer come in at a time and order and then they would have to leave with it. And um, some of them would sit outside. I later found out that I wasn't supposed to let them do that. So we had to move those tables as well. But um, yeah, so we went from being a very bustling community of coffee drinkers that to just this you know one person coming in at a time ordering and and a lot of people doing curbside we um quickly uh got on board with an app so people could order curbside and we were you know carrying things out to people's cars so that they had minimal interaction joshua orton shared similar experiences from upper crust bakery for us personally our private policy is we still only allow four people in the store Masks are required. Um, we think of not just for our guests, but for the safety of our team members as well. Um, it's paramount that you know we are small. If one person um, happens to contract COVID, we would shut down. Some business owners, like those at Vine Sourdough Bakery, have determined that the best course for safety is to serve customers at the door rather than allowing them inside. Unfortunately, right now, we're not inviting customers inside. Um, We want to just try to keep, do our part to keep everybody as safe as possible. Tim Larson, owner of Opus Coffee, explained how seven of their eight local coffee shops adapted. So the the six inside of UF Health, um, besides wearing masks, because we've been having to wear masks since April, 
So that already creates a barrier. And we have a plexiglass between the customer and ourselves. That already creates like, um, like a, uh, like right now people appreciate it because it's like a, you know, like the safety barrier between customer and employee, but the customers don't touch anything anymore in the hospital. So whereas they used to pour their own coffee, we do that for them now, we add the ingredients. And so um, each drink is a little more time intensive on our end, but that's just for the hospitals. Um, for the innovation store, which is like the sit down coffee shop that we have, it um, we're doing around 60% of the business that we were doing like so many students would just come and hang out all day. Uh, we do serve alcohol in the evenings and it's a balance between, it, but we did take away half the seats just to spread everything out. Um, but it's a balance between um, like coming up with new ideas and having people together. Opus also has a window service only coffee shop called the Airstream. With its outdoor and to-go nature, Opus owners found that far less change was needed. Whereas every location had declined in sales, the Airstream actually tripled in sales. And it's because of the outdoor environment. People just love being outside. Likewise, half of the owners and managers I spoke with noted the importance of outdoor areas in maintaining their coffee communities during the pandemic. Here's April Williams, general manager of Curia on the Drag. We also have the space to provide, you know, an outdoor area where people can come and socialize without feeling like they're stuck in an apartment or that they can't see their friends and things like that. Grace Glennon, owner of Afternoon, shared similar thoughts. Um, we took a lot of tables out and kind of re-situated it to put a lot of people outside. Um, and we've stayed in that. We're, we're staying at 50% and most people are outside. And how have their coffee communities reacted to these businesses' changes? Everyone I spoke to expressed that community responses have been widely supportive. It was a little, I think, weird to get used to at first when we reopened just for all of us. But um, we very rarely have an issue where somebody doesn't respect the, the mask guidelines and that sort of thing. And um, other than that, people are very respectful of what we're doing as far as safety practices. We've had mostly, they've been very thankful. Um, when we post something, you know, with an employee in a mask, most of the comments will be, you know, thank you for keeping us safe and yourself safe. And, um, most customers have been really positive. We've had a, a, a few people get angry with us if we ask them to put a mask on or, um, you know, to wait outside because there was too many people inside or, um, you know, we had some people just like it, they were offended. And so they just like, well, we will we'll never coming back here. And, you know, that's just part of it. That's just, you know, I can't risk my employee safety for that one person's um, delicate feelings. <laughs> Our customers have been really great. Um, I think it's just like, I don't know the type of people that come in or, or what the deal is, but everyone's been, I would say like, 96% of people that come in just follow the rules like they don't it's no big deal we have a few people we have to remind and remind and remind um but they're few and far between I would say overall 
it has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I mean, on a daily basis, I get numerous guests that come in and thank us for, you know, sticking, sticking to our policy, uh, going above and beyond, uh, you know, on the flip side, there are, you know, a few people that you disagree and that's okay. Um, you know, everyone's accepted, um, but the policy is ultimately for safety, um, for both, both sides. And, you know, it's, it's been actually a really good response. About 95% of the people that walk in the door are super supportive and, and um, if they forgot their mask or whatever, they just grab, we offer, I think I already mentioned that we offer masks um, at the front door. So they grab a mask or if they don't feel comfortable coming in the door, they give us a call while they're sitting in the parking lot. And we'll just bring them what they need outside. Many felt the positive responses were due to unique characteristics of the Gainesville community. You know, Gainesville's, I think, a very um, community-oriented town. You know, I don't think all places are like that, so that makes it a lot easier as well. Like, everybody knows that we're doing our best, and, you know, I think they respect that, so that's been good. We've been a staple in the local community, so we had a tremendous, uh, you know, outpour of support from our, you know, our guests, and it was much appreciated. Actually, now, I feel very lucky because, we're very community driven, but that's because of, we're part of this Gainesville community machine that that is so supportive of everything that we do here. I, I just this this community, this 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 town, it, it's been so um, supportive of local business. Gainesville's coffee communities have persisted. Sure, they look very different from before the pandemic. But somehow, in the midst of all this uncertainty, Gainesville's coffee drinkers continue to support the local businesses they've grown to love. In a way, checking in with our local coffee businesses says something broader about our local community. Nick Moskowitz put it best, so I'll let him conclude. I think um, that uh, operating a local coffee shop, a local business where you service a clientele that, you know, part of the the business model is for people to have a place to congregate and and um, and socialize. Um, it's been a great way to kind of uh, observe like the p- pandemic and the world kind of changing from that lens and to see how uh, you know it's it's a I think it's a great barometer for how the rest of um, the country, if not the world, you know, is, is dealing with things. Um, and I think, you know, a snapshot of, of how Curia's, um, you know, managed uh, through the pandemic is, is kind of, um, you know, indicative of a larger, a larger, uh, you know, experience that I think everybody's had. So it's, it's been good.